I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. It's going to take time, right? But the most important thing is to start. And a good place to start is just by facing your numbers. A lot of people, they are are scared to face their numbers, whether it's their debt, whether it's doing a net worth statement for the first time, whatever it is, it can be hard. I know. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world. 
about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Hi, this is Elton John here. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. Meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Go to protectedincome.org today. Welcome back to the show, my friend. It is so, so good to have you here. I think the burning question you might have, and I I know this because I have this as well, is how to build sustainable wealth. Building wealth is great, yes, but maintaining it and sustaining it is just a whole other conversation. I mean, let's look at the statistics behind lottery winners. So according to the National Endowment for Financial Education, about 70 Seven zero percent of people who win the lottery or receive a large windfall go bankrupt within a few years. That's crazy to me, but that's what happens. We can come into wealth, but sustaining it and growing it, that's the key. So we've got to break this down into two buckets, building wealth and then keeping that wealth. In this episode, we are going to chat with Akiva Ellis. She is a financial planner and educator She works as the financial education specialist at Ballantine Partners, which is a financial planning firm that serves high net worth individuals and families. She's also founder of The Bemused, a financial education brand catering to young adults. So in this episode, Akiva is sharing her six-step musical method to building and sustaining your wealth. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. I'm so thrilled to bring this conversation to you. Let's get into it. Well, Kiva, I'm so excited to have you join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to do this. We met uh, a very interesting way. Uh, We were both uh, tasked to co-write an article for a certified financial planner's blog. They have a blog called Let's Make a Plan. And we both wrote an article without really knowing that the other person had wrote the article. <laughs> yep. So they kind of got fused together, but I'm really happy that that happened because now now we got to meet and 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 have you on the show, but we were talking about the idea of how you find good financial advice, particularly in this in an era. I'm sure many people listening are TikTokers and there's a lot of stuff going on uh being shared in the TikTok and social media world. But what are your two cents on how do we actually find good money information, especially when everybody out there seems to be some sort of money expert or at least claiming to be a money expert? Yeah, that is a really good and pertinent question. I can't tell you how many times I've had to have this conversation with people like not just because you saw it on the Internet doesn't make it true. Right. (laughs) So a couple of things that I look at is one 
actually researching the person who's giving this information. A lot of times we just seem, you know, that that sounds nice or whatever. And we take this and run with it, run with that advice. But it's really important to do your background research on the people who you're following, especially when it comes to something as important as your money. So do they have experience working in finance? Do they have any relevant certifications? Do they have any relevant education? Those are just some of the things that you can look at. Not to say that you need to have all those things necessarily to be providing right. sound advice or giving good information. However, it is a gauge. And if someone doesn't have that, you know, really understanding where are they getting this information from, right? It's really important looking at those things. So experience, education, and certifications, any combination of those three things you'd want to look for just to, to verify. And then you also just want to make sure that this person is giving information that's not from a biased perspective. A lot of times people learn things and we all do this, right? We learn things as a result of our personal experiences, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right advice for everyone. So you also want to take what you hear with a grain of salt and trust, but verify, right? So you hear something good, you say, oh, that's interesting. Let me actually go fact check that against other sources and see what other people are saying, what articles are saying or other sources of information so that I know this is something that is actually applicable to me and not just to this person, this one person who's sharing that information. So those were a couple of initial thoughts around finding good advice and sound advice on the internet. Yeah, I like that a lot of, of, doing a little bit more research. And I think it's so easy because we're just sort of trained, I think, in social media is like we we watch something or we look at a picture really quick and we make some sort of judgment. And maybe if somebody, I find it, especially if people are talking about either paying off debt or investing, where they'll say, oh, I, I have this investing tip. I invested in XYZ and now I made this much money. And so it's really easy to think, okay, well, if I do that same thing, I'm going to get the same outcome. But there are so many variables involved in that. And I just think it's really interesting that like our brains go to that place where we're like, oh yeah, okay. So they say this, I'll I'll just go ahead and put my money in it without doing some of that due diligence. Yeah. Especially with investing, like you said, a lot, a lot of people like to throw out, you know, this index fund or this VTSAX or whatever their you know, <laughs> QQQ or whatever their favorite index fund or whatever it is. And people take that and run with it. Not necessarily saying that that is the worst decision, but doing something and implementing something without understanding the context and how that might be helping or hurting your personal financial situation isn't the the wisest thing. So definitely you want to trust, but, but verify. I've heard a lot of that in the tax world as well. People trying to save money on taxes and different hacks and, and stuff like that. You really just want to do your due diligence when listening to this information. So let's say that you are on social media and, and you do get one of those. I'll just go with investing because I think it, we've all heard an investing tip on social media and somebody's giving out some sort of index fund or some sort of tip So how do you then, I mean, is there a way for you to figure out, you do your little bit of research, is there a way for you to figure out, does, would this actually work in my investment portfolio or is this not for me? Like, is there, what sort of process would you say somebody should go through? 
Yeah. So I would say with investing, it's hard to implement things if you don't understand the fundamentals. So especially when it comes to something like investing, it's do you know the basics? Do you even understand what an index fund is at its core? Do you understand the role that it plays in your finances? Do you understand the risks that are involved? A lot of people, they talk about, you know, the return in the stock market. It, it brings back X percent over time and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But do you truly understand what it is you're actually getting into? So that's what I always caution people is whatever investment you choose to make, make sure you're actually understanding what it is. So if you don't know, research what the index fund is, research why people invest in index funds, research the, you know, return research, the fees with that index fund, right? You want to make sure that you have a good comprehensive understanding of exactly what it is you're getting into before just blindly taking the leap. Yeah, I like that. Research, 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 which is not always our most fun thing to do, but <laughs> it does pay off in the long run. Um, there's, I love having a CFP on the show, right? Because I can ask you so many different things and there's so much going on right now with money. And I think particularly right now with, with student loans, a lot of the listeners have had their loans in deferment until 2022. What money steps do you think we should be taking if we're in that position, if we've had our student loans and deferment, any strategies or ideas of how we should sort of think of these last few months before we have to start paying those loans again? That is a fabulous question and one that we're actually answering pretty soon on our YouTube channel video, Ooh, specifically okay. addressing that question. Uh, but I will tell you, student loans are a very big passion area of mine, federal student loans specifically. So during this time, what I've really been you know, telling people is to, first of all, take a look at your account. You probably haven't looked at it in about a year and a half at this point. <laughs> take a look at your account. Make sure that you are aware of one, who your loan servicer is. And if you don't know what that is or who that is, maybe you're entering repayment for the first time. Maybe you graduated during the pandemic and this is the first time you're even entering repayment to begin with. Make sure you know who that is. This is the entity that is in charge of servicing your student loans, the entity you're actually making your payments to, right? So you want to make sure you know who that is. And even if you have been in repayment already, it's a good time to double check because we've heard in the news that a couple of student loan servicers are canceling their contracts, right? So as of the end of the year, these servicers will no longer be handling loans. So there are accounts being transferred between servicers left and right right now. And that sometimes creates the opportunity for error and for mistakes to happen as data gets transferred from one party to another. So it's a good time to check up on your accounts, make sure you write down, screenshot, whatever you need to do, your balances, how much interest is outstanding, what your interest rates are on your various loans. Just have a good inventory just as a backup in case your loans are moving in the future or this is your first time entering repayment. So that's my First tip is to just take a look at those accounts and uh, double check your information and make sure it's all good. The next thing I would say is, especially if you've been on auto pay, if you were on auto pay and it was, of course, was paused during the pandemic, you want to double check and make sure that your account information is still accurate, right? Maybe you open a new bank account during the pandemic or something like that. You want to make sure that you don't miss any payments just because you forgot to update your bank account information. So that's another thing that I advise people to to double check on during this time. Another right. thing I would say is that, you know, if you are still experiencing financial hardship as a result of the pandemic and you think that you might need to take advantage of further deferment or forbearance on your loans, you're not able to pay come February of 2022, start looking into that now. Know the steps that you need to take now so that you're prepared and it isn't a last minute thing. 
Um, so that way it's, like I said, there's a lot going on, a lot of things being moved around. And so know the steps you need to take in advance. So that way, if you do need to take advantage of forbearance or further deferment, you know what you need to do. I like that. Yeah, that's really good advice. So there's a lot to kind of keep in mind. And I, I know that we're we're sitting here in September, but February can get here very fast. <laughs> Listen, the whole pandemic has flown by. <laughs> right? Sometimes I'm like, wait, what year are we in? Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's really crazy. Well, I wanted to talk to you about working with high net individuals and families, which you do primarily your work in. And I, I'm curious because you've worked with so many different people. What are some of the ways that you've seen people be able to really grow their net worth? This is a question I get asked a lot on the show. And I'd love to have your insight of some of the ways, and I know there's lots of different ways, but what are some of the common ways that most people really do grow their net worth? Yeah, that's a great question. And as you said, it is really a number of different ways. We have a lot of clients who are business owners and who have generated their wealth primarily through growing a business, sometimes selling a business to a larger company. And it provides that kind of large liquidity event, as we like to call it. And so that's one common way that people have kind of jump-started their, their wealth journey. Others who have inherited wealth from you know, past generations who are in that position and they continue to invest and so that they're able to keep up with inflation. They're able to continue to grow their wealth while being able to enjoy a bit of it during their lifetime as well. And so those are two very popular ways. I actually did have a client who like, it was the craziest story. They ended up getting an, like an antique car from their oh, parents wow. that they ended up selling for like a ridiculous amount <laughs> of money. And that is how they landed where they landed today, multi-millions of dollars for that one vehicle. So people become wealthy in various different ways. I think the the more important thing to, to figure out is how do you maintain that wealth, right? And continue right. to grow that wealth once you have it. Because a lot of times there are these large one-time events that get people to where they are in terms of you know creating massive wealth. But some people just as fast as they get wealthy is as fast as they get you know not wealthy. <laughs> they spend all their money down and they don't know how to maintain or to grow that wealth. And so that's the next piece of the puzzle that really needs to be focused on. Yeah. So what are like what are some of those foundational um money elements that that we should all really cultivate. I know some of them sometimes feel boring and so it's easy to pass them up, but what are some of the things we should be thinking about that will help us on that journey to just create like sustainable wealth to just continue to keep building over our lifetime? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a six-step framework Ooh, that I like I, to call my musical method for financial success. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to share that with you all cuz I think at its core, I mean, finances come down to pretty similar foundational elements, right? So what are those elements? First of all is money mindset, right? Because you can know all the things. You can know everything there is to know about investing, about credit, about all the different things. But if you do not understand your personal money mindset and understand the barriers that you might have that might prevent you from reaching the financial goals that you stated for yourself, nothing is going to be successful, right? Knowledge does not necessarily equal action. So in order to translate that knowledge into action, we need to start with our money mindset, understand what type of 
person we are and how that's either going to be helping or hurting our financial goals. So that's the first thing. That's the M in the musical framework. And really quickly before we move on. So what are some ways that we can figure out whether maybe our money mindset isn't as good as it needs to be, or like some of the ways that we can kind of overhaul if we're thinking like, okay, I, I maybe don't have a great relationship with our, my money. Yeah. So it's really a lot of soul searching in this process. Truthfully, it's kind of an underrated, but super important part, right? So it's really thinking about what were the money messages that I was taught or that I received intentionally or unintentionally due due to my upbringing, due to my culture, due to my religion, due to my family environment, and really asking yourself the hard questions of, is this serving me or is this not serving me? Is this mentality, is this value serving me? Right. And really making intentional decisions around is this something I want to continue to implement within my life or is it not? And if you decide then at that point that this is something that I actually want to change, it's what are the habits that I can cultivate? What are the mindsets that I need to cultivate in order to combat that? negative money belief or that negative value that I want to remove from my financial situation and from my financial life. So it's a lot of intentional soul searching really at the end of the day. And it's also accountability, right? Because these things don't happen overnight. So having conversations with people who can help keep you in line, whether that is, you know, on a a spending value that you have as someone that can hold you accountable, whether it is something related to other aspects of your finances. I think it's a, it's a combination of that soul searching, asking the hard questions, and also having that accountability to keeping progress. Yeah, love it. Okay, what what's our next letter? Okay, so the U musical framework. So U stands for understanding your cash flows. That is a critical element, right? If you don't have your hands around what's going in and what's going out on a regular basis, it's going to be hard to make any sort of plan or to fit anything else within your your ethos, your right? Like even if you yeah. say, hey, I want to pay down debt or I want to invest, where's the money coming from to do those things, right? So you have to get a hand around your cash flows first. So it's understanding things like how taxes affect your inflows and how different uh, d- deductions or benefits or things that you pay for also affect what you get to keep at the end of the day. And also understanding what is the money that is leaving your hands for whatever reason, whether that is for necessities versus things that you might just want or luxury items or really just getting a handle around what money is coming in, where is it coming from, where is your money going to? And that can be as high level or as detailed of of an activity as you make it. It's just enough information to be helpful for you to understand and make decisions off of. So understanding your cash flows is that next step. Okay, very cool. All right. So now we're on to what S? Yes. The S is securing your financial foundation. So that is anything having to do with protecting your income and your assets. So that includes things like debt repayment. It includes things like saving an emergency fund. It includes things like insurance so that you're able to protect yourself in the case of any catastrophe or unfortunate incident that might have a huge impact on your finances. So those are the kinds of activities we're talking about when it comes to protecting your income and your assets, really securing that foundation. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. 
When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. 
I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. And why do you think, because I find this quite often, like, why do you think we just, we tend to kind of ignore that protection side? Is it because it's not like sexy and fun? (laughs) I think so. I mean, when I talk to people, a lot of times they want to go straight to investing and I'm like, whoa, 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 (laughs) wait one second. Slow down. (laughs) Slow it on down. Do we have an emergency fund in place? Do we have, you know, these, these, like you said, it's not sexy. It's really not. But guess what? It is so important. It is so important. These things are the foundation. You can't really build off of a weak foundation, right? So we need to make sure that that stuff is in place first. So definitely agree. Not the funnest thing, but definitely necessary. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So where do we go from there? Okay. So then comes the I. So then we can get into things like investing, right? We've secured our foundation first. (laughs) Now we can go into investing. And so investing is a big part, like I said, in terms of not just creating, but in building wealth over time. Yes, you can save, 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 save all of your life. But if you never invest, it's going to be hard to get to some of the goals that you might have for your life. Big things like retirement, for example, is one common goal that many of us have that's very long term. That if you don't invest, it's kind of going to be hard to get there, right? To have enough money that you need to live off of later on in life. And so Learning about investing, learning the fundamentals, learning the terminology, learning how to get started, that's a really important part of your financial picture as well. Yeah. And one thing I want to ask you about that, I had a question from a listener, and I think it might be relevant to talk about it now. So she was saying that, you know, one of the hardest things is just to figure out what is right and what is not when it comes to investing. So she was thinking of, do I invest in real estate? Do I invest in rental real estate? Do I do ETFs or index funds or mutual funds? And, you know, everybody has an opinion. You read a million different articles and they're all going to tell you something different. And she was saying that this for her feels like the really hard part about, about money and about figuring out life, like figuring out what actually would be best for her money. And so she kind of got to this place of just pure confusion where she didn't really want to do any of it, even though she knew it was important. 
what kind of advice would you give? Because I know there's probably somebody else listening that that sort of feels that same way, that like really overwhelming, just, I don't even know where to start with the investing piece. Yeah, it definitely can be overwhelming. I'd say just walk before you run, right? So really, like I said, get a handle around the fundamentals. What even is investing? It's a very underrated question, but when you ask, when you really think about it, it's what is investing? What is the point of investing? Think about what are your goals? What are you even investing for, right? Is it retirement? Is it to send a child to college? Like what is the intention behind the money that you're trying to invest? Understanding your time horizon in that sense. Understanding, okay, investing comes with risk, right? How much risk am I willing to tolerate as, you know, just based on my personality? Am Mm -hmm. I super comfortable with super risky investments or am I going to really panic if the markets tank and I'll just be tempted to just throw the whole thing away, right? Sell everything, throw the whole portfolio away. So I think you really have to answer those kinds of questions um, for yourself and then just take baby steps, right? Do you want to be someone who is super active in your investments? You want to, um, you know, find good com- you know, companies on your own or do you just want to take a very passive approach and just know that if I put it into these few funds here that, you know, it should be okay. So I think it really comes down to a personal preference. There isn't necessarily a right way to invest. It comes down to personal preference, depending on those things that I spoke about so far. Another layer to that is some people are like, okay, well, I want to get into impact investing. Like, I don't want to just be investing in all these companies out here that are damaging the environment or are not diverse companies and things like that. That's another added layer that some people might think about when it comes to their investments. So there are a lot of different variables, but I would say don't get overwhelmed. Just start with the basics, at least understand the landscape, understand the terminology and And then you'll be able to see what investments are appropriate for you based on the things that I just talked about. Okay. Very cool. I got it. So we can, we can take away some of that overwhelm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Investing is a huge, scary topic. Even as a financial planner, that was the topic that intimidated me the most. I even took extra classes when I was doing my master's (laughs) program in investing, just so I knew that I felt a little bit more comfortable because it is, it's such a wide landscape. There's everybody telling you to do every single thing out there. And so, yeah, it's important to really just dial it back. Don't put that you know pressure on yourself. Just do something. You want to understand what you're doing before you do it. Okay. Great advice. All right. So I think we have our last letter left. Got two more letters. Yeah. Two more letters. Okay. So yeah, we have the C. So music, we're in the C. Um, so the C is credit. Credit is a very important part of your financial picture. Very, very, very important as a lot of people know. And so Understanding not only what it takes to improve and maintain your credit scores with an S, plural, that's a conversation for another day. A lot of people don't know there are multiple (laughs) types of credit scores out there, Um, but also understanding your credit report and the steps to take to protect your identity, to protect your credit and the steps you need to take if that is compromised in any way, shape or form. So that's another kind of component to, to the framework. Yeah. Okay. I love it. That's great. Okay. What do we have? What's left? And then the last one is both the A and the L together. I call it adulthood's life stages, right? Because now that you know all the things, you can kind of put it together to tackle life events. Like how does it work when I buy my first house? How does it work? I'm buying my first car, right? Or I'm going back to school. I want to go to grad school. Like what are these life events that people have, especially as young adults? It's like, how do I then take the information that I've learned and put it all together in order to actually tackle common adulthood life? Events. (laughs) 
And nobody wants to adult. <laughs> nobody does, you know? I don't either. Yeah, there are definitely some days where I'm like, no, can I just go back to like being five years old and eating graham crackers and drinking apple juice, <laughs> taking naps? <laughs> yes, the naps part, especially. <laughs> right? Seriously. Why did we not like those as kids? It's really shocking. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about about your money story. You know, what got you interested in um, in being a CFP and really working with people in this way with their money? Yeah, so really, it all started in my senior year of high school. So, backstory: I come from an immigrant family. So, my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. They came to this country. They had us. They didn't talk about money like many other households that are similar to mine. Money was not a topic of conversation. They didn't really know, you know, they're they're still getting acclimated to a new country, a new system of how things work. And so we just did not talk about it at all. And then so my light bulb moment was really when I was filling out the FAFSA for the first time. I was heading off to college and I was looking at this behemoth of an application and just <laughs> like, I don't understand what is going on. And I didn't like that. I was like, no, I consider myself a pretty smart kid. You know, growing up, I always had good grades. I'm like, there is no reason why I do not know this and I do not like it. So from that point on, I made it my mission to learn more about money intentionally and teach people what I was learning. I literally went to Google, went down a massive Google rabbit hole and started searching careers where I can help people with money. And that's how I learned about the wow. CFP. Yeah. So I learned about the CFP. I learned about NAPA. I, I went down the massive <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> and that's really what got me to where I am uh, today. Wow. What a cool, what a cool story. I like that you were like so inspired just based off the FAFSA and not knowing what the FAFSA was. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had that wherewithal when I was filling out the FAFSA the first time. So definitely kudos to you. But that's the cool part about being a financial planner is that it really is all about helping people and helping them like figure out how to live the life they want to live. I think that's what's so exciting is that piece. And then when you see people make that transformation, it's like, wow, I, I got to play a little piece in that journey. And it's, um, I, I mean, at least I find it like really fulfilling. Yeah. And I love that I not only get to work as a financial planner, but I am just as equally a financial educator, right? So I, I have my nine to five where I'm working with the 0.01% of the country in terms of wealth holders. And then outside of that, I'm also running the Bemused, you know, the, this financial literacy brand with my husband, where we're really able to reach other people like us, um, you know, young adults just getting started in their career and wanting to level up with money and just really be that resource that we didn't have when we were growing up, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why I just love the work that I do so much because there's just... There's so many paths you can go down within this industry, and I just love the impact that we're able to make on so many lives across the country. Yeah. So with the Bemuse, like, what are some of the maybe core money topics that that you guys talk about or that are the most requested uh, pieces of information? Yeah, so we really run the gamut. Anything having to do with money and young adulthood, we basically talk about. <laughs> so right? basically everything, right? <laughs> so basically everything. So it's a mix of not just educational content saying what is this or how to do this, X, Y, Z. We also infuse a lot of our personal story into our videos. So we do net worth updates every single quarter. We are like unnecessarily transparent on our YouTube channel <laughs> about our own personal finances. We share everything. 
So I tell people all the time, like my net worth is publicly information, like publicly available information. My, you know, I did a budget on there before we did our joint budget when we got married on there as well. When we bought our first house, we went through every line of our closing statement. Like we share all the numbers, all the deets of everything that we basically do. Any major money milestone that we hit or that we that we do, any major life event, we're sharing that. Um, and we just really value that transparency because, as I mentioned, this was something that we didn't talk about in our families growing up. And it's been nice to see the change that that has resulted in and even our immediate families where our families are now more comfortable just talking really? about money because of you know, the work that we're doing now, we actually had our parents on our channel uh, a little while ago and we had like a nice interview with them and it, it was it was really great. And it's like, that's something that probably wouldn't have happened, you know what I'm saying, a few years ago. Yeah. So it's that's really amazing. great. And we love so the it, work we do. Yeah. I would imagine the transparency also helps people see where the, where the similarities are um, or maybe helps them feel like they're not alone in, in some of the struggles or um, you know, whatever it might be, because we don't, we don't talk about money this way. So it's easy to think that you're, that you're siloed, or maybe you're the only one who's in debt, or maybe you're the only one who hasn't figured something out. Right. Absolutely. And especially for, you know, us being two young black people, it's not a demographic that you commonly see when you're looking at money advice on the internet, if I'm being real. So that's also why we wanted to kind of put that out there so that people could also see and relate to our backgrounds, our personal backgrounds and our stories and know that they have a safe space to talk about money with us. So are you, you and your husband, like, are you always on the same page about sharing certain things or is one of you ever on the fence? Like, well, I don't know if we should share that. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Generally, we're on the same page when it comes to to that stuff. We haven't really had a major disagreement. We are both pretty much open to to sharing, like even down to our business finances we've talked about <laughs> on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, I'm you know blessed to have a partner who we are on the same page with money. And that's a struggle that we are fortunate to not have had. And we've heard lots of stories from others like, how do I get my partner on the same page? And, you know, having the wherewithal to understand the importance of that before getting into marriage was, you know, a privilege that I was able to have at that point. Um, and so I definitely get it. But, you know, we're we, we make a pretty good team and we are um, really excited to share the knowledge that we have. That's great. I love it. Very rare, but that's so fantastic. Well, we, we've covered so much. I would love to just leave everybody listening with maybe one last thought or action item around this idea of, of creating sustainable wealth or building their net worth. What, what would that be? What would you, what would you want everyone to know? I want everyone to know that it's not an overnight process. It's going to take time, right? But the most important thing is to start. And a good place to start is just by facing your numbers. A lot of people, they are are scared to face their numbers, whether it's their debt, whether it's doing a net worth statement for the first time, whatever it is, it can be hard. I know. I know it can be hard, but over time, you will see the progress that you're making. You can't track the progress if you don't even know where you're starting. And so that's that's what I would leave you all with. Such a great tip. Well, Akiva, tell everyone where they can go to connect with you and where they can find The Bemused. 
Yes. So our website is thebemusedtv.com. We are most active on YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel there. If you just type in The Bemused, promise you'll find us. Um, We are also on Instagram at The Bemused. And we have a really fun quiz that you can also take. And the quiz will really help you get a handle around how your finances are doing, give you a temperature check kind of on that. It'll give you specific areas that you might want to have further help in. And the great part is that we give you resources to help you move the needle in those particular areas. So if you're interested in the quiz, it's also on our website, thebemusetv.com slash quiz, if you want to take that as well. And if you want to connect with me, I love connecting with people. I love chatting with people. My name is very, very SEO friendly. I swear you only need my first name. I promise you, you'll find me somewhere on the internet. So (laughs) feel free to reach out and connect. I mean, who does not love a good acronym? Now, I know there are a lot of acronyms in the money world, but the musical acronym, I think, is actually one acronym that I give you full permission to memorize. It's easy to remember, and all of those elements are so important to wealth building. So it's not just about making more money or saving more money, and that's very simplistic view on building wealth. As Akiva says in this episode, there's just so much that goes into wealth building. It really is a journey. It's not something that you just arrive at. And I really, really love that message. So listen, if you enjoyed this episode, I would be so honored if you shared it with a few friends right now so they can start building wealth as well. Let's do this all together. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to Akiva and all our episode sponsors. And just thank you so much for tuning in. I do this show because of you. So a big thanks to you. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.